Hello and welcome to In Business Talks 2. We are excited to welcome you to our bonus episode, The Friday Fix, episode 21. We are your hosts, Tracy and Ian Earl, founders of In Business, a networking and business support community. And together, we, we are, are In, in business. business. Every Friday, we'll be discussing a business-related subject with either one of our wonderful In Business networking members or a fellow business owner who'll be sharing their advice, thoughts or knowledge on a particular topic. So this week we have Paul Lillywhite of Lillywhite Consultancy Limited. He improves performance by enabling businesses to maximise their potential of their most valuable asset, which is their people. He specialises in people development, team building, sales training, coaching, engagement and well-being. Oh, and make sure you listen to the end of the show to hear our guests tell us about their favourite networking tips. Today we have with us Paul Lillywhite of Lillywhite Consultants and Paul helps to improve the performance of individuals, teams and businesses. Welcome Paul. Welcome Paul, good to have you with us today. Thank you very much, good to meet you both. Okay, well thank you for being with us and tell us a bit about what you do Paul. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, um, for the last mm, cracky, nearly 20 years I've been involved with psychometric assessments of various guises, uh, behavioural, emotional, ability tests. Um, but more recently, for the last three or four months, I've been involved with a, a new business, which is looking at values. And values for me uh, are really the sort of bedrock of where people's everything else comes from. And I, I've been involved with them. The, the assessment that there we've had for outside of the UK for over 18 years, it's been in existence, but it's new to the UK market. So it's really interesting stuff. And it, put, it just seems to put everything in context. So, yeah, so for the last last 20 years, I've been involved with psychometrics. Before that, I've run a couple of other businesses. So for, for me, it's really, like you said, Tracy, is, is enabling people to perform at a better level than they were using a little bit of science and also my knowledge and experience over the last 35 plus years of, of working in various businesses, large and small. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about values, aren't we? Do you want to explain a little bit about what you mean by yeah, value? That values can be defined. They're, a very quick definition would be the standards by which you manage your belief system. So values are really at the bedrock of where people, their, their beliefs. A value, if you value something enough and believe in it enough, uh, let's say, say business ethics is one of the values we would measure. You could work for an organization where there is a disconnect between your belief system and your values and the organization's. And that disconnect will mean that you don't perform at the potential you could do because of the conflict. You'll, go, you'll see lots of businesses where they have value mission statements, value statements, but they're words on a piece of paper. What you actually need to see is where organisations live and breathe their values. And equally, when, when you bring people into the business, they come to that business understanding what the values are and knowing that those values match with theirs. Um, and then values are the forerunner for things like uh, behavioural assessment. So whether it be DISC or things like that, dominance, influence, steadiness, compliance, four quadrant behaviour, or emotional intelligence assessments, values are the drivers. So if you think of a sort of volcano, the behaviours that you see somebody exhibiting to a certain situation are the visible elements of that individual and can be modified, can be changed. You can learn to modify your behaviour 
you can change the way you you act in certain situations whereas values are far more deep-seated and far harder to change they're obviously i suppose a company has there's a sort of like corporate values then and, and personal values and it's it, you say it's important then if you're a business to try and find individuals whose value match your corporate values or yeah, I can, I can give you an example. I, I was talking to somebody, I was doing some coaching with a chap a couple of months ago. Use it, it was really my early days into, into values. And he had really strong beliefs. He was quite a religious chap. He had really strong beliefs in what was right and what was wrong. And he actually researched the companies. When he went to work for a company, he actually researched their, their mission statement, their values, their ethics, before and you know he brought questions up during the interview and and interestingly he just started with a new business about six weeks before I got talking to him and he said the company I worked for for two years prior to this I believed their values were very well synced to my beliefs and values but after a period of about 12 months working in the business there was there was evidently this sort of they they said the right things, but they didn't do the right things, if that makes sense. And he just felt that that, that wasn't working for him. Therefore, one, it's a distraction. Two, it starts him thinking, am I in the right place? Three, uh, I need to start looking because this disconnect is actually causing frustration between my belief system, my values, and, and where I want to be. So, so, you know, he said six weeks ago, I, I put my notice in. They tried to keep me. They offered me more money, and it was nothing to do with the money. And that, that again, is where, uh, you know, your deep-seated values, you could be paid whatever in reality. If, if your belief is strong enough, money isn't going to change your mind. And he moved, and he was working with this business. He'd been in it about six, seven weeks, I say, and he was absolutely loving it. He said, there's a really good connection. I'd done all my research. I knew what their belief system were. I knew they were ethically correct, and... I'm really enjoying working for this new company. I suppose for your own well-being as well. If you, like you say, be unhappy if a company's values wasn't weren't exactly your own, then I suppose it, it leads to unhappiness and dissatisfaction and all that, doesn't it? So yeah, it's quite important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I see it as crucial, and that's why I'm so excited that we brought something like this into the UK. And the timing, you know, with with the lockdown and everything else, and people having to return to work, you know, a lot of things around remote working is about trust. It's really, really simple. If you trust somebody to work from home, and, you know, they might not sit at their desk at 9 o'clock. They might be there at 7 o'clock in the morning. They might be there at 9.30. They might take their dogs for a walk first. But if they put in the work and they do what the work level is, and you have an element of trust and respect for those individuals, it it works in harmony. You know, the, the business's values and trust mechanisms work in harmony with the individual's and it works. The trouble where you've got different values and belief systems, you get the disconnect, and that's where the trust breaks down. From a values point of view, then, are there, are there like elements as an individual that you look for? Well, the, the, the actual the, the model that we use, so the, the personal values model that we use, has identified 21 facets that... that through research, so you've probably you heard of the Hertzberg model where they've got the sort you know, you have to have certain levels of needs met to go to the next stage. So there's there's been a lot of research. The, the, the system's been around in, in Australia and South Africa for about 18 years, as I've said. 
uh, and it's a, it's a validated assessment. The research is really solid. And these 21 variables are defined as, as they can be defined for the individual as personal values and they can be defined for the organization as corporate values. Yeah, so there's 21. They're linked into three sectors. So you have what we would call major motivators where if there is a disconnect with a major motivator, there's going to be discord. So that's things like, for example, business ethics, relationships, you know, interpersonal relationships, things like that. Some people like to have people around them. So again, if you go back to lockdown and, and people have been very isolated working from home, that is really, it, it, it can be, mentally, it can be completely soul-destroying if you don't have any interaction and contact with others. Whereas other people will have a different value in terms of how they perceive the need to be with other people. And being on their own and being in isolation is, is, is okay. In fact, they might even thrive in that environment because they're not getting—they're not getting the distractions. You know, they're not getting the interruptions. They can—they can focus on what they need to do. I, I can give you know, there, there was an example years and years ago. I was working with a company before I knew values, but it's relevant to this conversation. Where they had a young lady that that worked on the reception desk in the office, so she was the first person that a, a stranger like me going in to meet them for the first time, or the regular clients, customers, whatever it might be. She was the face of this organization, and she was brilliant. She, she multitasked, she answered the phone, she did all sorts of pieces, she was doing the typing, brilliant. They then promoted her to, to become a PA for one of the directors, and they gave her an office, and they put her in an office next, I think it was the finance director that she was working for predominantly, and they put her in an office, and within six, seven weeks, certainly a, a couple of months max, she resigned, and they couldn't understand it. And she said, I don't like being, an, I liked being at the reception desk. I liked being, having that interaction with people. Putting me in an office just wasn't what I wanted to do. So I found another job. Um, and that's where, that's, no, no, no. So that, that's where, again, where sort of this need for interaction can be absolutely I, I crucial. I part as well, didn't they? they didn't actually ask us, like, we're promoting you to do this, but, I suppose at that point, should someone have asked, is this what you want to do? I don't know. Is that, is that, it seems like an obvious question now. Hindsight is a wonderful yeah, thing, of course. you might not have known. Yeah. You don't always. Yeah. I mean, hindsight is a wonderful. And, and the, the thing with assessments, whatever they are, whether it be behavioural, whether it be values, you know, I'll, I'll feed back to somebody on, on a values wheel because the, the results are displayed on a wheel. And... The, the, I'll, I'll say, you know, is there anything there that, that doesn't seem to fit? Is there anything that you that's a surprise? And sometimes people say, no, 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 that's what I was expecting. Great, okay. Other times people say, well, I really don't get this. I wasn't thinking that was going to be where that was. And that leads you into a dialogue of, well, okay, explain a little bit more. Tell me why you think that. Because people self-aware, everybody thinks people are self-aware. Uh, it's a little bit like common sense. You know, common sense isn't that no, common? No, no, no it isn't. <laughs> now, we, we wouldn't have a health and safety executive if common sense was good because true, true. People, people would know how to behave in, in a sensible way and, and do common sense things like wear a crash helmet and things like that or wear a safety belt. You know, how much money did we invest 20, 25 years ago to make people wear safety yeah. belts? to actually save yeah. their lives. Yeah, true. 
common sense would say if you've got a safety belt, yeah. you're yeah. a bit safer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit like self-awareness. Some people have great self-awareness, other people not so much. Um, and a lot of what I do when I'm talking with clients and, and employees of clients is just improving that level of self-awareness. So, you know, an interesting point where you say, did they ask the person if they wanted to be promoted? I don't think that happens very often. You know, prior to my time with, with the psychometric world, I, I'd spent quite a lot of time in retailing. And you could see in retailing where you, you would get an individual and they were really good working in the store. They were really good at merchandising. They were good on the tills. They were efficient. They were effective. And, you know, six, nine months down the line, all of a sudden they're a store manager and they're given responsibilities. They're not given any training. They're given a set of keys and they're told, you're the manager of this store now. You know, you're now responsible for this. And we almost backtrack to say, okay, what gaps do we now need to fill in? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, to, to, to your point, Ian, I don't think people do ask the question, you know, is this actually what you want? I think people uh, get into onto this almost treadmill of, of, you know, what's my next step? Where am I going to be next? And, and that's what happens. And all of a sudden you find that, that you're in a point that, that like, like the lady I was describing earlier on, all of a sudden it's not what they want. It isn't in, it isn't in accord with their value system. It isn't in accord with what motivates them to come to work. And, and they so, so your values are, are, are quite useful then. So if you can identify a person's values, you can. is it useful then for identifying the types of roles that might best suit them? If you know someone's value, can you then switch that right? You'd be pretty good at doing this. Does it, does it work like that? Is all... in, in, a, in a specific role, yes, you can. And you could look, you know, if you, if you imagine there's 21 of these variables... The likelihood of getting everybody in sync for 21 variables is almost now impossible. So you may look, I was working with a company a couple of weeks ago um, and we, we assessed about a dozen people. And out of the 21 values, I found five that were major motivators for all of the dozen people. And there was 12 or 13, but let's call it a 12. There were five major motivators that had commonality through the whole group. There was equally three potential demotivators that were common around the whole group. So to answer your question, I could say, you know, if, if I pick on one of these demotivators, I'm going to switch off a lot of people very quickly. Whereas if I pick on two or three of the major motivators, I'm going to get people engaged far quicker. So that was a management team. So to do a, a specific job would have been quite difficult because the finance director was there, was the MD was there, the, the, the operations guy was were there. Um, so it wasn't a specific job, but it was definitely around the culture of the business, if that makes sense. So you can look at a specific job. If you had a lot of people doing that individual, it's like benchmarking. So when you benchmark a job role, to get this, so you create a distribution curve for the role. So you can say, this person isn't going to do that because they're outside of the norm group. These people should be perfectly okay. These people will absolutely fly, but they'll probably get bored quickly and want to do something bigger or better. Yeah. Um, but you need the numbers to do that. You need, you need volume to get statistic numbers to, to actually benchmark roles. Whereas individuals, you, you, but you can look at a company and say, quite easily here here are three or four facets and values that will make a difference 
and here are two or three values that will make a difference, but in a very negative way. Whether you think, val- oh, I don't know if this is a silly question, whether your values can align with your disc profile, the certain, you know, the disc profile, and do, do you find that yeah. different profiles throw up different values? Do you never compare the two? No, I, th- I think, well, I don't know whether it's a comparison. There's certainly a synergy between your value system, what you really believe in, will drive. It's a little bit like the nurture-nature nature-nurture debate that goes on. Values are at the bottom of most things. So values sit at the bottom of that tree, the bottom of that iceberg, the bottom of the, you know, the iceberg where you only see the top 10%. The values are sitting deep-seated. Behaviours, which is DISC, and and emotional intelligence facets are more, one, they're more changeable, but two, DISC specifically is, is as a result of the environment. So DISC, the, the definition of DISC, is how that individual is going to react to their perception of the environment that they're put in. So some people will perceive the environment as hostile and antagonistic. Others perceive it as friendly and favourable. And you sit yourself somewhere on that continuum. Your values then say, how am I going to behave in that environment? So if you're, if the environment, say, let's say, for example, is quite antagonistic, a kitchen, for example, you know, a, a busy hotel yes. kitchen, invariably chefs and head chefs will be DC profiles. They're, they're driven, they're focused, they're competitive, they're challenging. They're a bit angry as they're well. <laughs> they get a bit angry too. Yeah. I've experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they are perfect. You know, people, they, their customers want excellence. Their customers want good food. So, so the, the, I, I use head chefs a lot and I've worked a lot with, with chefs in, in hotels and things over the years. Their environment almost demands their yeah, behavior. It's like a, a pressure cooker, isn't it? It's, you know, it's yeah. building up. Yeah. And I mean, the hours of work, I mean, I, I did some work for a hotel chain and I did a, a leadership training program about five or six years ago. And I mean, they're working, they were working about 18, 19 hours a day, these guys. They were starting for breakfast at 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. They were working right through service. They were doing evening lunch. They were finishing about half 10, 11 o'clock at night. It, it was unbelievable hours these yeah. guys do. <laughs> I know, I've been there. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, you then look at their values and you say, okay, their, their values will drive their behaviours to some degree. Um, and there is definitely a connection. Whether there's, I haven't got the stats to actually say whether there is enough evidence to say certain disc profile shapes will have certain values and beliefs, but there is certainly a, a yeah. relationship yeah. between the two. Yeah. Definitely. Speak, speaking of values, uh, corporate values, you said there's there's twenty one. Uh, it's about twenty one values, obviously for the the personal values. Is that similar for the corporate values, or are there less values in a corporate value scenario? No, they are exactly the same. The questionnaire that gets to the result is different, but there are 21 in exactly the same way. So you can match exactly an individual to the company values. And then and then you work on a, a gap analysis. And see have you had any in your career so far doing this? Have you had any sort of like big shocks? You didn't expect that person to have those values or are you, are you pretty, I don't know, do you just take it as it uh, comes basically? Yeah, well, because, I mean, if you talk about disc, disc is purely workplace, so it's nice and simple to work with. Values are more, values are deeper seated, values are about the individual themselves. 
And, and as an example, so, so one of the areas is looking at physical exercise and physical challenge. That's one of the values. So, you know, if you were um, a, a, a workman and, and you, you, you were repairing the roads, say, for example, and it was fairly hard labour, you, 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 you earn your corn every day because you, you're doing, lifting different machinery. It's hard work. It's, it's, it's challenging work physically or, or a builder compared to somebody who sat behind a desk all day. The, the physical challenge is not the same. So I was working with somebody a while ago, and they, they, I knew they were quite fit. In, you know, outside of work, they, they did marathons. They were keen runners. They did all sorts of things. They were very active individuals, but they sat behind a desk. And when I did their values model, I was expecting physical challenge to be quite a high motivator, but it wasn't. It was, it was one of the potential. And I said, oh, that, that, that's a bit of a surprise to me that, that there's this apparent disconnect and their response was quite similar they said well there's no disconnect you know f- physical challenge is important to me but not at work I, I i i fill that need in other ways i do the marathons i do the training you know i, I don't need to do it at work um so so that's where you you a lot of what i do is asking the right questions so, yes, to, to answer your question, yes, occasionally there's a little bit of a surprise or there's something that doesn't quite fit. But, but you start to ask the questions and all of a sudden the, the answers sort of appear. And, and you can have light bulb moments for the, for the people you're feeding back to as well. Um, you know, I've had people thinking, well, nobody's ever actually asked me that question before, but now you mention it and they go off on, and, and you're talking to them for 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. And it takes you down a completely <laughs> yeah, different avenue. Yeah. Mm. Surprising sometimes how where a conversation goes. And I suppose you mm. you're opening up people's thoughts and feelings yeah. and values. I suppose it's quite it's quite personal. Your, your values are personal in a way too, aren't they? Yeah. I suppose they are, and often they're very difficult to yeah. describe. I was say, yeah, I mean, how how do you extract people's values from them? Do you know? I mean, it's. <laughs> Well, I have a questionnaire with 116 questions. Sounds like a good way. And people will say, well, honesty is important. Do it, doing the right thing is important. Or whatever it might be, it's, it's hard to define it. And equally, like we were talking earlier on, you know, if you ask 10 people to define their values, you'll probably get 10 different answers. And you look at company value statements, and company value statements will be that they're, they're quite generic in terms of that so all we're doing and you know with with the science side of it it's just making sure that you can if a lot of the leadership books and things you read you know if you can't measure it forget it that yeah if you can't measure your profitability how do you know you're making a profit if you can't <laughs> yeah if you can't measure your customer satisfaction levels how do you know your customers are happy and, and to some degree, it's the same with value. If you, if you haven't got a way of actually measuring them and benchmarking it to a, to a group of individuals so you can say, you know, like the company I was talking about earlier on, if, if I know there are four or five values that are, are, are similar throughout the individuals within that business and I can tap into those values and make sure that the business reflects those values, the likelihood is that business is going to be successful. The reason why I set up Lily White Consultancy is because my values system and the company I worked for got to a point where there was too big a gap and I just it, it just wasn't working. 
Um, you know, what they, as, as an employee, a company will ask you to do certain things. And as long as you're, as long as you feel they're okay, yeah. you do it. But when they start to feel uncomfortable, <laughs> but, yeah. but... but exactly. And you don't just suddenly say, "I'm not doing this," because that that would lead to disciplinary and all sorts of things. But it 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 changes your mindset and demotivates you to the point where I need That's to do something stuff, else. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I know you said that you didn't want to talk about the PVP thing. But I feel we probably just need to explain that that is the tool that you use. And if people wanted to get in touch with you about it, then is that okay? Oh, yeah, very much so, yeah. I mean, they, as I say, the, the company I'm now working with, so Interact UK is, is a new company in the UK. Uh, myself and three of my ex-colleagues set it up in May. So it's a very new enterprise at, at the the. Fifth person is actually based out in Australia. He's developed the system. We're, we're all ex-colleagues. We've all worked together in the past. Definitely, if you if you look look on the website lilywhiteconsultancy.co.uk or, or want to you know get hold of me, then very happy to have a chat and very happy to have a conversation and and let people have a go. You know, we're um, a little bit like the sweet shop. We'll have the little bits of candy on the on the counter, and you can have a play <laughs> yeah. and have a look. That sounds good. See what you think. So, how do people get chase, in touch with you? Uh, you can get me through the website. You can get me through my email address, which is paul at lilywhiteconsultancy.co.uk, or you can even give me a ring. My, my mobile number is zero seven seven six four eight five two six seven six. And, and of course, we'll put all these details in the show notes as well. So- well, I mean, LinkedIn for me is fabulous. So, so definitely, if they want to go on my LinkedIn page, uh, I put posts and various bits and pieces on all sorts of assessments. Excellent, that I, I so lovely. Um, before you go, oh yeah, <laughs> I think we put you on the spot a little bit earlier yeah. on. Could you? Do you have a networking tip to share with our listeners today? I do, and <laughs> you did put me on the spot a little bit. But uh, my wife not reading the email properly. Always have a good story to tell. That that would be my tip. You know, you, you can say who you are, you can say what you do, you can talk about the products and people will not get engaged. But if you have an interesting story and something that they can relate to and, and it is important to them, ideally, then you start to build that relationship and build that trust. And that, for me, is what networking is about. Networking isn't about selling straight away. It's about building a, a, an element of trust and a relationship that you can actually take forward. So yeah, have a good that's story. good. That's a good. That is a good tip, actually, isn't it? I don't. Yeah. I don't think we've had that one before either. No, we haven't. No, no excellent. We well done. No. And to say we put you under pressure, they did a fine job there, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much for joining us today. It's yes, been uh, been great to have you. It's been on really the, interesting. The show, yeah, thank you very and, um, much. Yeah, lovely cool. to see you again. Yeah, take care, yeah. and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you very much. We're almost at the end of this week's show, but before we go, if you'd like to come along to one of our in-business meetings, the link will be in the show notes. Or to find out more about in-business, visit www.weareinbusiness.co.uk. Thanks so much for joining us this week on In Business Talks 2, Friday Fix. We hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, all we ask is that you simply tell a friend about the show. We'd really appreciate it. Until next time, this is Ian and Tracy, and together we we are in business. business. Goodbye. Goodbye.